A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Some people told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with the blood of their sacrifices. Jesus said to them in reply, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were greater sinners than all other Galileans? By no means. But I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 people who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them. Do you think they were more guilty than everyone else who lived in Jerusalem? By no means. But I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. Then he told them this parable. There once was a person who had a fig tree planted in his orchard. And when he came in search of fruit on it, but found none, he said to the gardener, For three years now I have come in search of fruit in this fig tree, but I have found none. So cut it down. Why should it exhaust the soil? He said in reply, Sir, leave it for this year also, and I shall cultivate the ground around it and fertilize it. It may bear fruit in the future. If not, you can cut it down. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. To a certain degree, I, I don't want to complain about young people, but because I'm kind of younger myself, right? But there's kind of this adage of young people not having respect, right? Kind of the culture has changed, certainly, in terms of respect uh, that was present, you know, 50 years ago or 100 years ago today. And there's a different type of respect or sometimes relationship or uh, just kind of a culture of today, right? Good or bad. I, I always, I don't necessarily think it's good or bad. I think there's good aspects, there's bad aspects, right? Uh, it's just different in some ways. Uh, it's kind of a certain cult of Cash, cash, the cult of casual in some ways, though. Uh, we talk about it, and there's kind of a, a lack of formality, which, again, in some ways I really appreciate. Because I have to be honest, uh, one thing I, I don't like about being in the military is, is the formalities. Um, I'm not excited about, I, I hate wearing my uniform and walking out because I hate saluting people. Uh, and I'm the, you know, I'm the officer. People have to salute me, but you know, I got to, you know, everybody that I run into, it's either saluting or or, or whatnot. So uh, I don't particularly enjoy that. I, I think that's partly because of my Midwest. We're not, we're not as casual as the West Coast, but the Midwest, Northern Wisconsin, we don't exactly have that much pomp and circumstance, right? However, I would say still today. Um, and I think in the best place, we certainly still have times where, there, where we encounter something that we can't help but give reverence if we know any significance whatsoever. I mean, a few places that you can, I can think of are the Arizona Memorial, right? Still today, you know, when you go on tours, they're very intentional about the way that you go to it, Right? There's a reverence that's there because of the significance as a whole. If you go to Gettysburg, you can't help but, but walk on that ground and, and just be different, right? And to know that there's something different about the ground that you're walking on. 
Or as it was uh, the anniversary of the storming of Normandy Beach, right? A lot of people went and visited there. And being able to, again, just the significance, the weight of the place. Or if you're a Marine, for Iwo Jima, right? And the very dirt itself has a certain significance and reverence, right? Because of the blood that was spilt on it. We still certainly have that, and we certainly have that awareness within the military of that weight. And I think it often comes, right, as all those places that I mentioned, about places of loss of life, right? At some time, I think often we live in the cult of casual because we don't think about death. But when we do encounter death, there's a certain reverence that we have to take remembering that other people have gone before us. Jesus today kind of uses that reminder of death to give us a kind of a direction. He says, you know, repent. He tells us to repent. Why? Because guess what? We're not going to survive if we don't. We're going to end up worse than those other people that die, right? We're not so lucky. We need to repent. Now, before we go too much in that, I want to focus on what our repentance, where it comes from, I think, and where we can apply it today uh, in kind of the way that we approach God. It shouldn't be just uh, a repentance of fear in some ways, but more of like Moses today. Moses today sees something interesting. He's like, hey, what is that? And as he goes closer, there's a beautiful thing. There's so many beautiful things that happen within this encounter of God and Moses. But one of the first things that we'll note is that God speaks out of the bush and he says, Moses, Moses. Now, we just heard that, but why is that significant? Well, it's significant because we have a God who is all-powerful but yet knows us, right? It wasn't just, hey, you, puny human. It was Moses. Moses. Come, right? Okay, so we know a God who knows us intimately, so much so as to know each of our names and know how many hairs are on our head, right? But then as he comes a little bit closer, he says God gives him again, uh, not over familiarity or overconfidence, but a humility to be able to say, whoa, whoa, Come no near. Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Reminds him again of that significance, of that reverence that he should have in the presence, right? We have a God that's so close and near to us that at times we might forget the reverence that we should have for him. And beautifully, in this interaction with Moses, we see this closeness, but also the proper response of reverence. And reverence has two parts, humility and confidence, which are both here. Confidence of knowing that God is, that he knows us, right? And we also have a confidence that we hear from this psalm today that says, the Lord is kind and merciful, right? We have a confidence in God that he knows us and that he loves us. However, if it is just confidence 
then it might be brashness, right? We might approach God as Moses initially does and forget about who God really is, right? So we have to have humility, which isn't just a, I'm a horrible person, right? That's not what humility is. Humility is the acknowledgement of reality. And the reality is, is that we're not God, right? And that we should have a reverence, or kind of using the term itself, but humility, that we should fear and tremble when we approach God. That God is all-powerful, right? He stoops down to us. That doesn't mean that we take him for granted, but we have a proper amount of humility. And that, where I think that comes out properly, is where we get to properly reverence and humility and confidence within the Mass. There's two parts that we humbly approach God with reverence, humility, and confidence. And those two places are the penitential act and right before receiving communion. The first time, penitential act, we do at the beginning of Mass, right? Let us call to mind our sins and ask for the Lord's mercy, right? So we call to mind our sins, right? We recognize with humility that we aren't perfect people, that we need to repent as Jesus tells us or else we'll perish, right? If we don't take time to repent, to to reflect, to repent of our sins, well, then we approach God with a certain brashness and, and it disorders our ability to be able to receive from him. We brashly go onto sacred ground without taking off our sandals, without that humility of recognizing who God is. But beautifully, in that same exact moment, we get to receive humility of recognizing that we've sinned, but also in confidence of asking for the Lord's mercy. Kyrie eleison. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. And then right after that, in our confidence, except for during the Lenten season, we actually jump right into the Gloria. Well, that's actually intentional. Right after the penitential act, we jump into the Gloria because there's this great confidence of the Lord's mercy. And so we're celebrating the mercy and confidence that we have in him. Not presumption, right? We don't presume upon it, but we have confidence in it. And so that's one time where, especially during this Lenten season, that we can approach the Lord in that way, right? And so hopefully, if anything, during that penitential act does call to mind, uh, encourage you, right, uh, to ask for the Lord's mercy in those things. Within Mass, just saying Kyrie eleison, or saying Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, making the sign of the cross with holy water, or receiving communion, can forgive us of venial sins. However, if there are mortal sins, Serious sins that we know are serious and that we committed anyways, it might be good to pause in humility, right, in reverence, and go to confession before approaching the altar. Just as Moses has to take off his sandals because it is sacred ground to walk forward, so we ourselves also recognize in reverence to not approach the Lord unworthily. The second time... That's uh, one of my favorite parts in Mass. Is a time when the priest, uh, specifically, you get to really experience it in Ad Orientum, because there's specific times that the Roman Missal specifically says, uh, turn to the people. And during the Eucharistic, uh, during the Eucharistic prayer, 
The priest genuflex takes up the host, holding it slightly raised above the paten or above the chalice, while facing the people, says aloud. I actually just read what it says exactly in the Roman Missal. And it says, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Right? This is this great opportunity for reverence, of acknowledging in humility who God is. And then we have this beautiful statement of both humility and confidence, where it says, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter into my roof. Right? This is actually taken from a soldier, a centurion, who, who asks for Jesus to heal one of his servants. And Jesus goes and he's like, okay, well, let me go heal your servant. And the centurion says, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my servant shall be healed. And Jesus says, I have not found any greater faith than this man, right? A soldier, a, a, a Gentile, Right? A Roman soldier is the one who has the greatest faith. Why? Because he, he approaches Jesus with the reverence of both humility and confidence. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. To acknowledge that, right? We don't come here in presumption to take what is ours, right? But we receive because God is generous and merciful and kind, right? And then we have that confidence. Only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Right? What beautiful words that we say at every single time that we come to Mass. And yet, unfortunately, if I asked many of you, I bet you might not remember that part, right? There's so many parts of the Mass which, which are so beautiful, so steeped in Scripture, so much for us to help us to engage in this prayer to God. And so I hope during this Lenten time, and as we continue to focus on the liturgy, to try to make it a place of encounter, a place of encounter with God in the way that God desires to be encountered, right? God gives us the liturgy not as something arbitrary, right? Not as something that's so removed for us to just get through, but it's something to help us in our spiritual life, something to help us to understand the reverence and the significance. Jesus himself does not want anyone to perish. But as he says, as he tells the Jewish people today, right? If you do not repent, you shall perish like them. Right? We, I don't know, I, I don't want to perish, right? It's a sobering thought. It's a momente mori. We have to remember death. And in those moments, I think it, it puts our, our, our life in proper context. How do we properly approach the world? How do we appro properly approach God? I think we need to come with reverence, right? It doesn't mean, again, fear. It means coming to God in a reverence, in humility, and in confidence of who he is.